Good morning. Good morning. Man, I'm glad you're here this morning. The morning, this morning's message is the Chick-fil-A sandwich. The Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay, this is just for you guys who like Chick-fil-A. Christian organization make great sandwiches. Unfortunately, they're not open on Sunday, but I just happen to have a few things to help us today. So I told you a few weeks ago that I was reading a book called Supply Chain Management. Now, I know Melinda knows about this. I'm not sure. You probably know about supply chain management. You probably know. I don't know who knows about supply chain management. But I was just fascinated by the concept, right? How things come together and how they fit together. This is, this is 300 pages. 300 pages. Speaking of 300 pages, I've just got to share this. I've shared it with a couple of you. But we were on vacation this week at the beach this last week. I've never read a novel in my life. Now, I've, read, I've read thousands of books all religious mostly, and, and some things on quantum mechanics and sp string theory. I like those kind of things too, but I've never read a novel. In high school, I was about the Cliff Notes, right? right? I wouldn't read that book. That's just too much reading. I didn't like reading in high school. I got to college and seminary and started learning to read. But this week, when we were at the beach, Debbie said, you ought to try reading a novel. I said, well, let's go buy one. We went into the Dollar General store. I bought, a, I bought a $3 novel, although it says dollar. It costs $3, I only, not only did I read one, I read two novels in one week. Two 300-page novels. One of them had zombies in it. I didn't know they had zombies to begin with. Went crazy about the zombies. But. So anyway, I like reading. I love reading. And so I read the supply chain. Man, I said, God, why am I reading this book? Why is this? It's fascinating. I really enjoyed reading it. It's, it's how things come from point A to point B. And, you know, how you got the chairs sitting in and so forth. And so I was fascinated by it. And the Lord said, this is an illustration I want you to share in church. This, this is something that I'm learning that the Bible's already talks about that I can share. So I'm fascinated by this Chick-fil-A sermon this morning. So I'm in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'm in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. And I know I've taught on this before. I don't know exactly when it was. It was a while back. But probably one of my favorite passages as far as the church is concerned. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And then I'm going to pick up one more verse after that in Ephesians. I love listening to you scroll through your iPads and your iPhones. That just <laughs> blesses my heart. As you, as you're, I hear that swipe. That's great. See, there it is right there. All right. It was he, that's Jesus, okay? It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Now, that's people who are called to vocational ministry. That's what it's talking about. It's a vocational calling. Some of you are called to be teachers. Some of you are called to be IT people. Some of you are called to serve in the military. It's a career or otherwise, but... We all, we all have these callings in our life, and God gives us those gifts and abilities to do that. Some of you will go through several different vocational callings in your life. Some of you will stick with one. For instance, you might work in retail and then be a counselor and then, and then you know, move on to real estate. You know, it's, your life can change. You know, God says, I want you here, and I want you there, and I want you there. It's great. Some of you, God says, I want you doing this all of your life. Well, some of us, like me, are called to vocational ministry. And so Jesus, in Jesus' plan, he said, look, I need to send somebody down there to help the church grow. And so I'm going to 
have apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. I tend to fall in the shepherding and teaching end of this thing. And he sends us around to different places. That's why churches, sometimes pastors leave a church and go to another church because God needs what they have in that setting. And so he sends us different places. That's why preacher's kids don't like being preacher's kids. They get moved all the time, right? right? That's why military kids don't like being moved either, right? Same thing. So God sets us up. It's his plan. It's not mine. He figured this thing out long, a long time ago. Now, why does he do that? He says right here in the scripture, in verse 12, says to prepare, your version may say equip, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What that means, that's a long sentence, but it means we become like Jesus. More and more becoming like Jesus. Then, once that happens, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Now, speaking the truth in love, you can speak what's true about somebody or you can speak the truth about somebody. It's two different things. Two different things. Some teenager, you know, is acting up. You know, they're, they're 14, 15 years old. You just can't seem to understand why that teenager is doing that. You can speak the truth and say, that teenage boy is just trouble. He's just trouble all the time. I can't do anything with him. Well, that's true about him at the moment. But that's not the truth about that teenage boy. It may be that God's got his hand on his life. And he's running from it, just doesn't know what to do about it. Right? The truth about somebody and what's true about him is two different things. And we should always be looking for what the truth is about someone and speak the truth in love to that person. What is God doing in their life? What does God want to do in their life? And approach it that way. It's easy to see what's true about people. I mean, y'all can look at me and see how handsome I am, what great, what great jokes I tell, right? That's easy to see. <laughs> Tough crowd this morning. From him, that's Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in membership as each part does its work. Come on, somebody correct me. Oh, grows and builds itself up in attendance in church as each part does its work. Come on, somebody correct me. Grows and builds itself up in the amount of offerings it takes in every Sunday. Oh, wow. L-O-V-E, right? L-O-V-E. Okay, so my job is to equip, train, develop the body of Christ. And the body of Christ's job is to do the ministry to people. Now, I do ministry too, but all of our jobs is to minister to people where we are in our marketplace. It's not that you're called to be a preacher, right? although God may do that, but... Where you are at the car dealership, you're to be a minister, right? At school, you're to be a minister. Wherever you are, God said, this is your mission field. Love on people. Love on people. And he says, when we do that, the whole body of Christ, this congregation, other congregations, house churches, wherever we, mega churches, wherever we find ourselves, it builds itself up in love as we all do our part. Now, the problem is there's some missing parts. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. <coughs> Let's find one more verse, Ephesians 5, 
verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21. Uh, you just swipe over just a little bit further. There you go, Brenda, you got it. All right. 521, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then it goes on and talks about the wife should submit to the husband. The husband should love the wife as Christ loved the church and so forth. We get caught up on the word submit thinking it's a bad word because preachers through the years have used it in a bad way and just really haven't explained the truth about this word. But the truth about this word, submit, it really means to find out what somebody needs to help them be successful. Find what somebody needs to help them be successful. That's the heart of the word submit. So in the rest of that chapter, it would be wives, help your husband find out what is, will help him be successful for this day and help him with that. Do you need some help with that? <laughs> Alexander, Alexander Scorby is reading the scriptures uh, from the cell phone right here. I need a... I need a 14-year-old. Dwayne, can you help out here? Is there a 14-year-old in the house? Because I have no idea what to do. If it was me, I just thought... I would just throw it in a bucket of water and be done with it. Yeah, the word of the Lord cannot be hushed. The word of the Lord cannot be hushed. It cannot be silenced. Should have bought a Honda. If you've got a problem, trust it to a 14-year-old with technology concern. Or a 16-year-old. Oh, I'm sorry, I said 14. I apologize. That's a bad, that's a bad one there. I apologize. When they're that age. When they're that. It's a bad one. My bad, Dwayne. I know you drive. I know you have a job and all that. My bad. Just, I've got sand in my brain. So. so, let's connect these two passages. We're to help one another be successful. All right? And so, the idea would be when we walk in that door as a body of Christ, this body of Christ... We should walk up to anybody, everybody, and say, how can I make you successful? How can I make you successful this week? When you go to work and you're surrounded by your coworkers, a great thing for a Christian to do, according to Scripture, is how can I make you successful today? How can I help you do your job today? How can I help you get your task accomplished? That's a great thing to ask somebody during the day. Uh, ask them to... How's your story? Can you tell me your story today? What's going on? Something to let them know that you're there to help them. And if everybody in this world did that, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Right? It also applies at home. You come home, and it's, maybe it's two of you, maybe it's one, three of you, maybe it's four of you, whatever. There ought to be some process during the day. How can I help you be successful today? Well, I need you to wash the dishes. I, I need you to, honey, can you go change that flat tire, right? Yeah. It needs to be something. What does it mean to be successful for you? Sometimes it's a tangible thing. Sometimes it's just words. But it says it builds itself up in love. Love is a verb. It's, it's not a noun. It doesn't sit on a shelf. It, it requires action. So here's where we get to the Chick-fil-A, the Chick-fil-A sermon. You ready for this? Supply chain management. Are you ready for this? Look at that. Isn't that great? We got the Chick-fil-A bag in here, and we got, we got stuff in the bag that we're bringing out of the bag. So, you roll up to Chick-fil-A, right? And you're going to place your order at the little order place. And so the little lady on the other side, the young gentleman on the other side, how can I help you? You place your order. And then what do they say? My pleasure. My pleasure. And so you tell them what you want in your bag. So here's some, here's some mayonnaise. 
You say, I want a little mayonnaise. Can y'all see the mayonnaise right there? If you like mayonnaise. You might say, I need a little salt, right? Now, your doctor's going to tell you not to eat salt. Unless you have low blood pressure, then they'll tell you to eat all the salt you want to, right? But if you've got high, high blood pressure, you don't get salt. Then you might say, yeah, I want some of this yummy sauce to go on there. This is Polynesian. Anybody like Polynesian sauce? I see those hands all the way to the back back there. I see some hands raising up. Now, maybe, maybe, just maybe you need the honey mustard. Anybody like the honey mustard? We got two that like honey mustard. So you get that in the bag and everything. And so maybe some of you like some pepper, right? Got some. Anybody like pepper on there? We got one that likes pepper. And so, of course, they're going to throw a napkin in for you, right? Throw a little napkin in there. So you've ordered a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And then when you get up to the thing, you know, they they got the Chick-fil-A sandwich in the nice little container. Isn't that nice? I just love it when it comes out hot and steamy. Now, if you leave it in there too long, that bread gets mushy, doesn't it? It's not good at all. And then you want to get some French fries. They're bad for you, but, man, they taste good, especially the waffle cut fries where you can see through them. You know, dab a little bit more salt on those things. Look at that. And you want to get a large. <laughs> no, don't, don't settle. Because if you settle for the small, you get this crumbly paper thing that it comes in. You don't get the nice thick cardboard, right? It's just like a, like a downgrade if you get the small, so get the large. And, of course, your Chick-fil-A sandwich is going to come complete with a bun, right? right? So we, we have our, I have our buns right here. And so you get the bun. And then, and then when you get up and you pay for this, the person on the other side is going to give you a ticket, right? A little receipt right here. This is what I got. Right. And to top it all off, they're going to put it in a nice little bag for you in that, in that suite. Look at that. And they say, have a nice day, right? So there's something missing with my Chick-fil-A sandwich. No chicken. Whoa, there's no... I ate the chicken. <laughs> I didn't think it would keep that long, and I didn't want to hang it on the music stand here so you could see all these parts, so I went in and ate it. I'm sorry. It kept staring at me, saying, eat me, eat me, eat me, so I ate it, right? Chomped down on that thing. What else is missing? Got a drink, so we got to have some drinks. Sorry, didn't get a drink in the thing. An ice cream cup, a straw. Unfortunately, we can't have plastic straws anymore, right? It's got to be paper straws or metal straws or bamboo straws or something, so... Cookies are missing, right? They got some, got some top, top shelf cookies, right? What else is missing? What goes good with French fries? Oh, the ketchup is missing. Oh, ranch. What else is missing? Pickles. That's what I'm talking about right there. There's some things missing, right? So I don't have a complete meal at my disposal because there's some things that are missing, right? When we are missing, the body doesn't have a complete meal. I'm not talking about being in church every Sunday. Please don't hear me say that. What I'm saying is when we're missing by doing our part, wherever we are, There's not a complete meal for a lost person or a hurting person or a needy person to eat. 
We're not built up. The body's not built up, built itself up in love to completely help. That makes sense. So let's make this very practical this morning. Very practical. So I was reading the other day, and I've seen this before. It just never really clicked with me until I was preparing the message. It's my understanding that school teachers, and I think we have five in our congregation, I think. Um, we've got Jerome, who's not here this morning. We've got Brenda, Twyla, Tanya. You're a school teacher too? No, no we're not a teacher. Oh. <coughs> Now she's a lunch lady. She's not a teacher now. Okay. You sure about that? Yeah. And then Phil's a teacher. Okay. So what I was reading the other day was teachers spend an average of about $500 a year out of their own pocket to supply products and things that kids need in the school system because some of them can't afford to buy it or their parents won't take them to go get it. And they show up at school and all their peers have pencils and notebooks, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have anything. And so teachers, because they love teaching and because they love children, actually they love children first and teaching is what they do to show their love for children. That's really the truth of it. They will fork out money out of their own pocket to do that. I got to thinking about that. Why shouldn't the body of Christ, us in this room, let's bring it to home, why shouldn't we ask our teachers in July, hey, give us a list of what you need. Give us, do you need $500 in cash? Is that what you need? Or do you need $200 in cash? Do you need us to buy a box of, what is it you need? So that there won't be anything missing, no missing pieces. When Brenda shows up at school, when school starts back in August, she won't have anything missing from doing her job the best she can with her students that she loves. Does that make sense? It would be the body asking our teachers, what do you need? That would be one tangible way this church, this congregation, could grow and build itself up in love through our community. I thought of another way. You know, I have my congregation inside the building, but I have my congregation outside the building, right? All these people in all these stores over here, I go see them and talk to them during the week. And so this week I was uh, at the grocery store over here, and I noticed uh, that there was a new person, a young lady. And since I know all of them, I know when there's somebody new. And so I, I went to her, her lane, right, to check out. There's nobody behind me. <clears throat> her name's Emily. She had a tag on. Her name is Emily. I said, hey, Emily, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Did you find everything all right? That's the question. I found everything. I love it here, Emily. And so she rang it all up, and I said, the Spirit told me to ask her this question. He said, ask her. He said, tell me your story. I said, Emily, tell me your story. She said, my story? I said, yeah, what's going on in your life right now? And she just, the Holy Spirit orchestrated. She said, well, I go to college at UT in Chattanooga. And she's here in Smyrna. And she said, I'm majoring in mechanical engineering. She's 20 years old, majoring in mechanical engineering. I said, what are you doing in Smyrna if you're going to school there? She said, well, I live here. And she said, I'm working at Publix full-time during the week. And she said, I work at a factory on the weekend. She said, I work 60 hours a week. And she's taking a course in philosophy online to continue taking her courses. And I said, well, have you gotten to the philosophy of Jesus yet? I always bring it back to Jesus. She said, oh, yeah. I attend church. I'm a Christian. She told me that. She told me where she went to one of the big churches down in Murfreesboro. And I said, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
And I said, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you, your work ethic and going to school and all that. And anyway, I left. As I'm walking to the car, the Holy Spirit said, what would it look like for a church to help her be successful? Submit yourselves one to another. If we're willing to help Brenda be successful, and I am, you tell me what you need, and I'll get it for you personally. If nobody else does, I will. That's how it, this has impacted me. What would it look like for our church to write a check for $100, $200, something, and put a note in there to Emily. Say, we understand this is what you're doing, this is what you're going out. We want to we help you. From Rock Springs Church, we want to help equip you. You know what I'm saying? It's little things like that that I think we miss out on opportunities to help people be successful. And it's not always about money. Please don't hear me say that. That's just two examples with our teachers and, and the young lady across the street over there. There are many other ways we can help people be successful. And so I think this passage is really speaking to me. I think this book has really spoken to me, supply chain management of all things, that there's some missing parts in the body of Christ. And we're not doing it intentionally. We're not doing it out of meanness or ignorance or arrogance or anything. We just haven't thought about it. That's just simply it. Life's complicated as it is. We just haven't thought about how to make us successful in the building. So I would love, after service concludes, for you to look at somebody next to you or somebody across the aisle from you and just walk up and say, I think the Spirit's asking me to say, Heather, how can I make you successful this week? Well, what do you need this week? And just ask Heather that question. If you ain't got anything to say, I ain't got anything. That's fine. If, if you say, I need something, say, I, I, I need this. I need a hug. I, I need some encouragement. Right? We can all do that. So, this is your Chick-fil-A sermon. Right? And uh, maybe next time I'll bring your hand, uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich to go with it. Right? It'd be, it'd be cold. Do what, Laura? Bring everyone one? What do you want on yours, Laura? You see? Feeling spicy? Okay, so to make him successful, he needs spicy on his, right? So everybody needs to know that James needs it spicy on his Chick-fil-A sandwich. Let's read the scripture one more time and then we'll, we'll close. It says, it was Jesus who gave son to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to prepare or equip. Hey, that word equip, you know it has a couple of meanings. It means to outfit a ship for a journey or to set a bone that's been broken or to mend a fishing net. It has three different, three different meanings. And you can apply that to, to our lives. But my job as a vocational pastor, is to equip people. Mend a broken bone so they can get back to work. Mend a net so they can do their job, right? Equip them with something for a journey to go into their marketplace. That's my job. Uh, to build up the body of Christ. It says to prepare God's people for works of service. And that word works goes back to Ephesians 2.20. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, right? To do good, What? works which were what prepared for them in advance to do so all these things out here were to do god's already prepared in advance for us to do them <coughs> works of service so that the body of christ may be built up and i just want you to make sure you understand that young lady over here she's part of the body of christ right 
even though she's not in our body. She's part of the body of Christ. So that's what I meant by wherever we go, we can build up the body of Christ. Because they're everywhere, right? The body's everywhere around the world. Maybe built up until we all reach unity in the faith. It helps me grow in my faith when you come to me and say, Jim, how can I make you successful? How can I help you? That, that helps me grow in my faith. You, you think, well, Jim, you've been doing this 45 years. You, know, you ought to have a lot of faith. Some days I don't. Some weeks I don't. I, I struggle too. Wow, what's, what's this world coming to, you know? And I struggle with that. So your encouragement to me builds me up. So we all need each other, right? Maybe built up until we all reach unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The more I act like Jesus, the more you can see Jesus in me. The more you act like Jesus, the more I see Jesus in you. That helps me understand Jesus better. Because Jesus will display himself differently through Gary than he will through Jim. Right? And so I need to learn what Jesus looks like through Gary. Just like I need to learn how Jesus looks like to you. Right, Mary? Right? We all display Jesus differently because he manifests himself differently through us. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves uh, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of men their deceitful scheming. A lot of that's going on today in pulpits in America, right? Now you may have read this week where a pastor came out and said that uh, he's encouraging all of his church members to uh, do marijuana weed because weed helps you worship. That was his statement this week. Weed helps you worship. He said he's never been closer to God than when he's been on weed. <laughs> Something wrong with that theology there. Hey, God made it, right? right? That's, that's, the, that's the philosophy behind it. I'm so strong. And then another pastor came out, a uh, pastor, he, he made a great statement. I really admire this pastor. He came out this week and said, um, he's a mega church. He said, the entertainment in mega churches has got to stop. He said, we're, we're, we're killing Christianity in America um, by entertaining people. He said, we're supposed to be discipling people, not entertain them. And he's in a mega church, uh, very, very strong. A very strong opinion he came out with this week. A lot of people listen to this, this young, younger pastor. Instead, speaking the truth in love, that is the truth of what God's doing in someone's life, not what's easy to see about them. Speaking the truth in love. And all things will grow up into him who is the head, that's Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together. By every supporting ligament, that's us all working together, right? Grows and builds itself up in love. In agape, that's the Greek word, agape love, is self-sacrificing love. As each part does what it's supposed to do. So the message is real simple. Just do what you're supposed to do, what God's equipped you to do. And if you need more equipping, ask me or someone else. I'll be glad to help. Let's just do our part. And, and do it with excellence the best we can. Amen? Father, thank you so much for today. Uh, Father, I thank you for... Uh, the concept of supply chain management, Father. One piece is missing and other things don't come together. And so, Father, help us to get that today, that, that we're all important. Everybody here is important for the kingdom of God. And if we're all doing our part, then 
then we get a nice Chick-fil-A sandwich, Father. Everything works out great. Um, so, Father, help us to help us to see what we need to do and to do it. Help us to be what we need to be and be it. Help us to say what we need to say and, and say it, Father. In this building and in our marketplace and in our homes and in the stores that we go to, just help us to be Jesus to people in every way that we can. For it's in Jesus' wonderful, powerful, amazing name we pray.